It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. With just over a week until the start of training camp, the Carolina Panthers and Pro Bowl defensive end Brian Burns have yet to come to terms on a new long-term deal. At what point should we become concerned? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network as we're back in season mode here on the show, Monday through Friday, where you can check us out. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Podcast and be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. Where on Friday, the weekly Friday mailbag is back. Every Friday, I'm answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me now. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply we are nine days away from the official start of the I guess 2023 NFL season now technically the new league year was back in March and free agency opened up but really the start of football season in earnest begins next week for the Carolina Panthers as they will head down I-85 South for another year down there in Spartanburg, South Carolina on a campus of Wofford College for training camp. Frank Reich and his new staff looking to turn things around with first overall quarterback Bryce Young and hopefully the long-term franchise option here for the Carolina Panthers. So all that going on next week, but there's still... Many things the Carolina Panthers can get done over the next nine days, including signing Brian Burns to a long-term deal, which has not happened just yet. And I went over when the offseason started back in January, my to-do list for the Carolina Panthers. They have checked every single box. They brought Bradley Bozeman. They got a quarterback. They added a pass-catching tight end. They've added a great coaching staff. They've done everything I've wanted them to do. The one thing they have yet to do is sign Brian Burns to a long-term deal. Now, I felt like this was going to happen in the beginning of this month here in July. I took off the first two weeks of July from my full-time job at NASCAR. Of course, you guys were getting podcasts still Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as I was doing my position breakdowns. And we'll go over another position here shortly as things changed after I had recorded that episode. And there were some other things that had changed. I'm kind of going to go back and talk about those here shortly just to, you know, kind of clean up some things that uh, got missed over the last couple of weeks as all those shows were in a can and I was just kind of taking some time off. But I felt like last year when I went on vacation and got off the golf course and then found out that Baker Mayfield was a Carolina Panther, that the same thing was going to happen when I was going to be out of town 
that Brian Burns would become a Carolina Panther. Now, unlike last year, I did not bring any stuff to record an episode. I was not doing an emergency episode. I know, shame on me, had Brian Burns signed with the Panthers, but I felt like it was going to happen. Now I'm back in town, and Brian Burns has still not signed a long-term deal with the Carolina Panthers. Now, I had someone who DM'd me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where, again, weekly Friday mailbags and those questions, and he asked me, at what point do we need to start worrying about Burns not being extended yet? Which I feels like a good question. There's not too many things that Panther fans should be really concerned about heading into the season. Of course, the health of the cornerbacks like Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, whether uh, Marquise Haynes and the other edge rushers opposite of Brian Burns will be good enough. Those are some on-field concerns. But as far as like real concerns, like oh man, like should you really be worried? Not too many things that you should be worried about. This is a time where hope is just is raining eternal. Everyone's excited about the season. I don't think there should be all that much concern about Brian Burns not having signed a deal just yet. Now, Darren Gann of Panthers.com, longtime scribe here in the Charlotte area, been covering the team since they started off way back in 95. He now works for Panthers.com, and he reported, I guess, in a way, and his um, Ask the Old Guy mailbag that came out last week, I believe on Friday, saying that the Panthers have made an offer to Brian Burns. Now, what that offer is, we don't know. But I'm sure we're going to find out pretty soon because Brian Burns may agree to that offer or the offer might go up. But right now, we know an offer is on the table. And that is not surprising at all, considering that Scott Bitter, the Panthers general manager, said back in January, back in March, and not even too long ago after the draft, that they wanted to keep Brian Burns here in Carolina. He said, Burns is going to be here. He has made that known. He's also made it known that they were going to wait until after the draft to get things done. And that the thoughts were they would take a few weeks after mandatory minicamp, which wrapped up, wrapped up in the middle of June about a month ago. They'd take some time off, then come back in July, evaluate the roster, and then figure out what they needed to do. So was that bringing a guy like Taylor Stallworth, which they did late June? That's something that they evaluated and thought about. Okay, we need to add more to the defensive line. We'll talk more about that here in a moment. And you could think, hey, do they want to bring in a wide receiver? Well, Nuke Hopkins is signed in Tennessee, so I guess that was not something that they wanted to do, but they want to take some time to catch their breath and then figure out whether, when they were going to sign, or they were going to offer Brian Burns and what the offer was going to be. And Brian Burns is also, the last time I spoke to the media during mandatory minicamp a month ago, was very calm and confident and at peace over the negotiations. And that he said, I want to be in Carolina. He's not worried about it. He's getting $16 million this year on the fifth-year option. So he's not concerned about money. He knows the money's going to come. And that he said in his own words, he's just blessed to be in this position where he's about to be a very, very rich man. Now, one piece of the puzzle here I've talked about in the past when we've had a conversation about Brian Burns and a potential deal and what it could look like is that Nick Bosa, who, same draft class as Brian Burns, drafted higher than him, and let's just be honest, has been a better player up until this point in time in the NFL than Brian Burns. Nick Bosa is also waiting to sign a long-term deal ahead of the season. He said back during mandatory minicamp in San Francisco out west that he was confident a deal would get done before training camp. This would feel like the week that deal would get done. Now, what's important about that is that depending on what the last guy signed for, the money goes up. The market is always changing. The last big edge rusher deal was signed in November by Bradley Chubb of the Miami Dolphins. He signed for five years, $110 million. Whoever was going to sign after him was going to get more. 
Bradley Chubb got more than the Raiders uh, defensive end Max Crosby got. So the thought is that Bosa and Burns will be looking to get more than what Bradley Chubb got, whether it's annual annual average annual value or overall money or guaranteed money overall. Like, they were going to get more. So Nick Bosa's waited for a while, and Brian Burns has waited for a while, and you have to imagine that the two are waiting for each other. Now, just based off of what they've done so far in the league, you would think that Nick Bosa would be getting more money than Brian Burns. But that's not necessarily how this all works. You look at the last deal and what that person did at your position, and you want more. Just look at quarterbacks. We have seen over time how Prescott has got a ton of money and how Kirk Cousins got money, and then you see some of these guys making more than players that are better than them. And it's happened to wide receiver market. And typically when that stuff happens, guys get upset, they want a new deal, they hold out. And I don't look at Brian Burns as a guy who's going to hold out. He's a leader. He's come back from injury. I don't think he's someone who's going to want to not show up because he's not, he does not have a deal. I don't see him handling that handling the situation that way, and I'm not overly concerned at all. But I do expect him to sit here and wait as long as possible until Nick Bosa signs a deal. Because when Bosa signs a deal, I think very shortly after Brian Burns will sign a deal, or vice versa. I truly believe that probably Nick Bosa, more than even Burns, may actually, no, let me take that back. I think Burns, more than Bosa, should be waiting to see what Bosa gets. I think when it's all said and done, Bosa likely gets the most, but it Burns waits and then sees what San Francisco paid Nick Bosa, and he points out the fact that the Panthers didn't trade him at the deadline last year in October, and that the fact that they didn't trade him when he moved up to number one, and just the overall need at edge rusher, and how he's the only guy on the roster that you can depend on, he can use all of those factors alongside his youth, his leadership ability, his overall talent and production, and point to what Bosa got and be like, hey, pay me more than him, even if it's by a cent. That's what Brian Burns is probably doing, or at least should be doing. And Nick Bosa the same way, even though for Bosa, just based on production and draft slot, he should be looking for more money than Brian Burns. But unfortunately, that's not always how this works. You base it off of the last deal. So for Brian Burns, for Nick Bosa, I think both of those guys are kind of waiting to see when the other's going to sign and also understanding that they would like this to be wrapped up by training camp. So to answer your question of when should we start worrying about Brian Burns not being extended, I don't think we should really start worrying at all. Because even if they don't get a deal done by training camp, they can get a deal done during training camp or during the season. And if they don't get a deal done all season long, you don't necessarily have to be that concerned because there's something called the franchise tag that does exist, and they've used it in the past, and they've been able to extend players in the past. Taylor Moten, the right tackle, being the last player that they franchise tagged and then signed before the season. I don't think we should be that concerned. Now, if this was coming off of his fifth year and being on the franchise tag and then not having signed a deal, then I think that there should be some concern. But considering that Burns is here under contract for $16 million, he doesn't seem to be a guy who's going to ask for a trade that's going to hold out, I don't think there should be any concern at all. And honestly, would not be surprised by the end of the week or even the day Brian Burns has agreed to a new deal with the Carolina Panthers to be here for five, six more seasons. I feel like that's what's going to happen, at least probably by the end of this week. And if it doesn't, not that big of a deal. We'll focus on training camp, and we know that Burns is here at least for this season, and we'd be hard-pressed to not see him again in a Panthers uniform in 2024. So no, don't think you need to start worrying at all, and the time to worry is, well, exactly a year from now. 
So there's Brian Burns here on the roster. Now, Taylor Stallworth was an addition late in June, and I did the whole breakdown of defensive tackles not too long after that, but it had already been recorded, so I didn't talk about Stallworth and his addition, which now changes the calculus there in the middle of the defensive line as there's some guys who are battling for roster spots who may be on the outs now that Taylor Stallworth is here in Carolina. We'll talk about it here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. And once you do, make sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownNFL. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So over the last three, four weeks, been doing position evaluations, breaking down the quarterbacks here in Carolina, the wide receivers of the offense, the defense, special teams. You all listen to it, I hope, over the last couple of weeks. And of course, when I record things ahead of time, things change. Now, the one thing I was very concerned about was when I did the edge rusher breakdown, where there's just no way. The way I did it, talking about the biggest name, their storyline, the biggest question, and then looking at the group as a whole, there's just no way I could have put that one out there had Brian Burns signed a new deal, or if the Panthers had brought in a veteran edge rusher opposite of Brian Burns, because that was one of the things I was concerned, like, oh man, this might really change the entire episode. Now, I guess fortunately for me, that didn't happen. Like now, after that show went up, which I believe was on the 5th, I was totally cool with Brian Burns signing a new deal. And I was totally cool with the Panthers bringing in a veteran edge rusher. Neither one of those things so far have happened, but it's okay. Got it out the way. So that was one concern I had. I also had a concern about you know, do they uh, add another corner or something like that? I guess that was really a big concern. Just kind of made that one up. Either way, uh, getting into it, things changed. And I had someone hit me up on Friday being like, hey, you know, safeties, Miles Dorn, he's not on a roster anymore. I was like, yeah, you know, I, that one I, in a way, missed. I also had already recorded that episode because the Carolina Panthers decided that they're going to sign Taylor Stallworth, a veteran defensive tackle who spent two seasons in Indianapolis, 2020 and 2021, under Frank Reich, then spent time last year with the Chiefs and Texans. They decided that they were going to sign him to a deal, which meant that they had to get rid of somebody, and that was Miles Doran. Now, really, if you listen to the safety breakdown, Miles Doran really wasn't a large part of the conversation. I think I said best 
best case scenario, he's on the practice squad, even though he felt more like a camp body. And, well, he's not going to even be in camp. And the Panthers are probably set with all the guys they have on the roster at safety to where I don't think they are going to get rid of him or add anyone else. So they're totally good there. But defensive tackle was a position that, I don't think anyone should be that surprised that the Panthers decided that they wanted to continue to invest in. We know going to the year, going to a 3-4 scheme with Gerald Averro, the new defensive coordinator here in Carolina, that they needed to beef up the defensive line, that they needed to add more. Now, Derek Brown coming off a great season, just had his fifth-year option picked up for 2024. You knew he would be anchoring it. And then bringing in Shai Tuttle, who started the last two seasons in New Orleans, Carolina guy, great to have him back here in North Carolina. Then you also have Deshaun Williams, who comes over from Denver, having spent last year with Jero Averro, understands the scheme, went to Clemson from Daniel, South Carolina. Smart moves by the Carolina Panthers. But you looked at the depth and you wondered, okay, do they have enough? Are these the guys that Frank Reich wants to go into training camp with and that he feels confident that he can get enough depth and quality um, from those players? So you had John Penasini, who has played some snaps in the NFL and also coming off of a shoulder issue, sat out football last year. Now he's back here in Carolina. You have Marquand McCall, who was a really good player last year during the preseason and even showed some flashes during the regular season as a rotational defensive tackle. Then there's Bravion Roy, who was a Baylor guy. He's come in, been a depth piece on the defensive line the last three seasons under his former head coach back at Baylor and, of course, in the NFL, Matt Rule. So you looked at those three options and you saw guys that have gotten some snaps, but... I don't know if they're guys that you feel that great about if something were to happen to Derek Brown or to Shai Tuttle mainly, even if something happened to Deshaun Williams, who looks like probably your primary backup defensive tackle here on the line going into this year. So it made sense when on the last day of June, the Panthers decided that, hey, let's bring in another guy and someone that Frank Reich has worked with and someone who has been in the league and has produced. And that someone is Taylor Stallworth. So when I look at it now, being just over a week away from training camp, and we'll get into it, I think probably next Monday I'll start talking more about in depth um, the training camp battles and what to look out for heading into training camp as we have a preview. And we'll be previewing training camp pretty much all this week and then even next. I mean, it's one of those things where we're back to five days a week. Still, nothing's really actually happening. Now, some teams are going to training camp. I think rookies technically have to report like on Friday and all that kind of stuff. But nothing big is really happening this week outside of, okay, hey, who's going to sign a deal? Who's not going to sign a deal? And hope is that Brian Burns will sign a deal this week to help me out, give me some more things to talk about. But pretty much we're still talking about training camp and looking ahead of the season before the guys are out there in pads and shorts and uniform, yada, yada, yada. But looking at just a training camp battle next week, that might be one that would have flown over under the radar heading to the, to the offseason or really after training camp. It's now that depth, that interior defensive line. Because for me, just look at the defensive line as a whole. Like Derek Brown, obviously going to be on the roster. Shai Tuttle, obviously going to be on the roster. I feel like Deshaun Williams is probably pretty safe. Henry Anderson as well. More of like a defensive end who's going to be able to set the edge, stop the run. Feels like he's safe to be on the roster. Now it just comes down to how many of those interior guys like Taylor Stallworth, John Penasini, Marco McCall, and Bravion Roy do the Carolina Panthers want to hold on to? And when doing the breakdown of defensive tackles, I was talking about how there was probably one spot for three with Penasini, McCall, and Roy. Now that you add Taylor Stallworth in, does it become one for four? Or sorry, four for one spot? Or is it four for two? What is it going to be? I do think that it now... With the addition of Taylor Stallworth, 
adds a pretty intriguing competition there for the final spot or spots there in the interior to defensive line as he's someone who has played with Reich, has had success under Reich, and is someone that they clearly identified and felt like we need to add another veteran on this line in someone that we know and that we can trust to go out there and to add quality depth. So heading into next week, sneakily, it looks like backup defensive tackle is one of the uh, better battles that we have heading into the season in Carolina. And, and here's the thing, too, and I'll tell you this next week. We already kind of know who's going to be on the roster. The roster's fairly set. There's like three, four spots at most, I feel like, that are genuinely up for grabs as far as like being on the initial 53. Now, the roster ever-changing, it's not a final roster, but being on an initial 53, there's probably three or four spots that are really up for grabs. Outside of that, we kind of know who the other 49, 50 guys are absolutely going to be on the roster but I am curious to see how this training camp battle goes down between Taylor Stallworth, John Penasini, Marquand McCall, and Bravion Roy as we head into the 2023 season and head down to Wofford next week. Now, the Panthers, again, there's some things that they continue, they could still do before we get down to training camp. They could add a veteran edge rusher. They could, of course, sign Brian Burns. And one thing they also could have done was add another wide receiver if they felt like that was the case. Well, we know it won't be DeAndre Hopkins, which probably tells you, or at least should tell you, that they feel good about the guys they have here in Carolina. We'll get into that in just a moment here on Locked On Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. When the Carolina Panthers traded up to number one, they also parted ways with their number one wide receiver and truly the only wide receiver on the roster that you could trust in DJ Moore, who's now a Chicago Bear, which then meant the Panthers really had to go out there and sign a bunch of wide receivers, which they have done, bringing in Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, drafting uh, Jonathan Mingo, going out there and bringing Demir Bird. It's an overhauled unit where you still have guys like Terrace Marshall Jr., Shai Smith, and LaVishka Chenault on the roster who should have better opportunities in what should be a far more friendly passing game and offensive scheme here in 2023. But still with that, you look at the roster, you look at the wide receivers, I think Thielen, at the very least, has enough left in the tank to have a very good 2023 season at his age. My question is, what is he going to do in 24 and 25? But right now, not much of a concern because they're sitting here in 2023, and that is the main focus when it comes to Adam Thielen. But Adam Thielen feel like he should be good there in the slot. This upcoming season, DJ Chark, if he stays healthy on the outside, feel good about what he can provide. But can he actually be that all-around wide receiver that they're hoping he can be? We'll see. Can Terrace Marshall, new scheme, new staff, can he build off of the final half of last season when he was at number two and showed us flashes of what he could possibly be consistently in the NFL, then we'll see what the 
rules are for guys like Mingo as a rookie and LaVishka Chenault, who wasn't allowed to cross the line of scrimmage last year, and in Shai Smith if he makes the roster, and some of the other guys in the receiver group. I just looked at it overall, and just I thought to myself that, okay, there's more options, which is why I've said that if there's going to be a candidate for a group, a position group, that is to really make a leap from what we saw a year ago, like the offensive line went from being an absolute liability in 21 to a strength in 22 and probably the strongest position group here in 2023. If there's any position group that could do that, I thought it could be wide receiver, even with the loss of DJ Moore, because there are more options that you can rely on than there were last season when it was DJ and sometimes Terrace. So I felt like they, I feel like there can be a leap from wide receiver. But when you look at just, is there a bona fide number one? No, that's not the case. Now, Thielen may operate as that. Chark may operate as that. Maybe Terrace Marshall operates as that. And that is what happens. That could be a very good thing for the Carolina Panthers, just depending on what the production looks like for the other two guys I mentioned in Chark and Thielen. I just don't see someone that the rest of the NFL would be chomping at the bit to trade for or sign if they became available. I just don't see there's a player out there who is a bona fide number one wide receiver, which is why we have the conversation of whether the Carolina Panthers should add DeAndre Hopkins. Now, Nuke was on some podcasts talking about how he didn't want to be a rookie quarterback, and once that was said, it kind of felt like, all right, well, maybe Carolina is not what he wants to do or where he wants to be. But there was an opening for him to come in and be the number one wide receiver if the money was right. Now, the money apparently was right in Tennessee as he signed for two years, $26 million. They didn't see what the guaranteed was, but either way, it sounds like he's probably going to be there for two seasons with the Titans. It was a curious move considering that Ryan Tannehill probably last year as a Titan, and then what does it look like, whether it's Malik Willis or Will Levis, if it even is one of them next year or even this upcoming season. Interesting that he decided to go sign there with an offense that really struggled last year and a quarterback who's just okay and Ryan Tannehill and feels like Tennessee's kind of like on the, on the down spiral after how things ended last season and getting rid of their general manager, John Robinson. But I do think Rabel's a good coach, but just odd considering just where the Titans were last year. I mean, they've been good in the past, just doesn't seem like that's the kind of area you would want to go this late in your career if you're down DeAndre Hopkins. But he decided not to be in Carolina. And by all reports, didn't seem like the Panthers, who Scuffeter said when he took the job, in on every deal, didn't really feel like the Panthers were in on this deal and that they were interested. So what should that tell you? It should tell you that they feel pretty comfortable with who they have on the roster, that they feel like Thielen gives them the veteran presence that they need and that they want and can be good for them in the slot. They feel that DJ Chark, if he stays healthy, he of course has Pro Bowl potential because he's done it in the past and that he adds an element that they have not had the last couple of years and a consistent deep ball threat. And I'm sure they feel comfortable about what Terrace Marshall did last year and think they can build off of that. But they also look at the guy in Jonathan Mingo who had a great top 30 visit, which led to them taking him in the second round and deciding to go with that instead of going with a corner or with an edge rusher or any other position that we thought may the, that the Panthers might have needed to address there at 39 in the draft. They feel good about him, and they think that they can probably do a lot more with LaVishka Chenault than Ben McAdoo and Matt Rule did with him a year ago. So they clearly feel good about the wide receiver group, and I feel better about the wide receiver group heading into the season than I would say I felt about him last year in a way. Because, I mean, yes, you had DJ, but – what else did you have? I didn't feel great about Robbie Anderson after 
he was a complete dud in 21 after signing that deal. And then just things were just weird last off season where he was talking about maybe retiring. And I certainly um, was empathetic to whatever deal, things he's dealing with personally. I just didn't feel good about him. And then we hadn't seen enough out of Marshall. It just, you knew there's one guy now this year. Do you know whether there's, there's one guy? I do feel good about Thielen going into the season. I do think that Chark, as long as he's healthy, like there can be guys that give you something. Like, I just feel like there's more options now, especially when you look at how things were at the end of last season. So overall, feel fine about them. Do I think that they're going to be great? No, I don't. I just look at what the age and talent on the roster and some of those guys in that room. I just don't, I don't see it at wide receiver that they could have added somebody, but it wasn't like there was this great wide receiver class out there in the draft or in free agency that I feel like they've done everything that they could have done. And New Hopkins never, never really made sense for Carolina or really for him after all that they had done so far in the offseason and in the draft to rebuild this wide receiver group. So moving forward, it feels like they feel pretty good about what they have heading to the season. Now, things could change. The roster is constantly under evaluation. Maybe they decide to do something, but it feels like right now, heading to training camp a week from now, that, yeah, they're set at wide receiver, and they feel good about what they can do and how they can help Bryce Young in his rookie season here in 2023. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays, answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. I'm also on threads. I guess that's a thing now. Um, it doesn't really seem to be that great. So, yeah, I guess you can at me at threads if you want. I don't know if I'll see it because the algorithm, but whatever. Um, that's a good way to get at me, too, if you want to get those weekly Friday mailbag questions in. So either at me or DM me on Twitter or maybe at me on threads if that's what you want to do. Um, but in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.